Hi, this is Dave Caius, one of the hosts of Barbecue Radio Nation. And thank you for tuning in and listening to one of our archived versions of our national radio show. By the way, if one of your local radio stations is not carrying Barbecue Radio Nation, please have them contact us and you can be listening to us on your radio. Welcome to Barbecue Radio Nation, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Dan Hathaway, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading grill masters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of Barbecue Radio Nation. Tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Nation. I am your host, Dave Kyles, along with engineer Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Kyle had a bad skateboard, well, longboarding accident the other day, right? He's got a big owie on his elbow. I'm too old for that. Of course, in the house is producer T Bone. How you doing, T Bone? I'm 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 dry, man. Do you, do you, do you have any barbecue? <laughs> Did you bring any in? <laughs> We have somebody jonesing barbecue. And, of course, our in-house barbecue expert and my co-host, Dan Doc Hathaway. Dan, how you doing? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Doing any barbecue been doing any a bunch. You know, actually, the weather's been so awesome around here. I've been cooking a bunch. I did chicken wings and burgers for the, the girls when they got back home from the lake yesterday. And we just hung out and enjoyed the, you know, the cooler weather. It's not exactly cold. But it's not as hot as it has been. You know, based <laughs> on what you grill and smoke, any thoughts of adopting a middle-aged man? Just a thought. Do you do laundry and fold it? For barbecue? Yeah. Okay, perfect. You're in. <laughs> there is a corner in the chicken coop. <laughs> I take it I'd be doing more than your wife. Hello! Oh, no. oh, make sure she doesn't hear the beginning of that. She's a lovely lady, so we're, we're just teasing, of course. Okay, before we, we talk about what's coming up in the show, I have got another, another MSN.com survey to talk about. Okay. What, what, can, uh, Is on. everything on the internet true? Of course. Okay, good. I'm just making no, no, sure. <laughs> no, I understand. This is just a survey of people out, you know, who answer this. Okay. Okay. But they do get large. <laughs> oh, well, then it's got to <laughs> It's got to be true. <laughs> okay. It's about food. So, you know, it's not like it's a political survey or anything. Oh, so. thank God. We don't need any more uh, of that. No, no, we will never do that. <laughs> we are about having fun and eating barbecue. Uh, but I think I find these numbers to be interesting. Okay. So, again, credits to msn.com here's the question and there are four answers and that'll really stump the panel over here to try to get 100 percent total i was gonna say we've always had three answers and that really stretched us i know now it's four it's gonna be impossible so here's the question do you eat meat products do you eat meat products now the answers uh the percentages i found to be interesting a little little different than what i overall expected so we're going to start, okay, and there, I'm sorry, there's four answers. You either regularly, sometimes, this is my favorite one, only certain types, and I will, I will quantify that in a second for at least an experience that I had, and then, of course, no, okay? So we're going to start off with, with uh, T-Bone. So do you eat meat products? There's regularly, sometimes, only certain times, 
and no. So how many percentage do you think eat meat products regularly? Uh, am I going to have to do all four at once? <laughs> no, I'll do yeah. I'll do one now. And oh. then you can write it down so you can do the math. <laughs> and then whatever's left is what's left. 39%. Eat meat regularly. Okay. Uh, I put it down. There's that. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Oh, look. Dan, hold on. Dan's writing. I saw, I caught Dan writing on a piece of paper. <laughs> and he saw me whip my pen out. <laughs> I'm actually counting, writing, uh, tally marking how many fingers I have. So I, I have, can do the math. I have such a slow group of people. 50, I work with. 55% regular, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> Final answer? Final answer. Okay. Now, sometimes do you eat meat products regularly? Uh, T-Bone, what do you think on that? You had 39% for regularly? Regularly? 25%. 25%. Dan, what do you think? I'm going to say 30. 30%. Okay. Next question. Only certain types. Now, let me let me tell you a situation one time. I was on a date with this woman, blind date, first date, and we go out for a, we go out to a restaurant and of course I'm going to order a steak or a burger or whatever and she goes, "Well, I'm a vegetarian. I only eat fish." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Okay, so I'm thinking she stays away from chicken of the sea. I, I guess, <laughs> but I, I'm a vegetarian, but I do eat fish. And I just went, uh, you know, a fish, uh, never mind. <laughs> We're, we weren't going on a second date anyway. Um, so um, only certain types. Uh, T-Bone, what do you think? Only. I think, I think it's going to be very close to the last one. I'm going to say 24%. Okay. Dan? I'm at 10 Ten percent. Just, be, just because people have this elite, they think they're elite. Oh no, I, I right. don't. Right. Or some. Now I know some people who won't eat red meat. I know some people that won't eat meat that comes off of the bone, like they're like chicken legs or or ribs. They have a thing about bones. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird. Okay, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, I don't I know why. That. Now I prefer like I I prefer chicken breasts over chicken dark meat. But I mean that's a personal preference. But yeah, but that has nothing to do with a bone. No, give me chicken. Yeah. I'm I'm a happy camper. Right. So and then finally, do you eat meat products? The answer being no. T bone. How many think people said no percentage wise? I'm gonna go big. Okay. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. That's well. I'm at five. That's all I got left. That's all you got. Left. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's answer, last answer, had no thought into it. It was simply a math it's question. Just doing some mathing. Okay. It was all you had left. That's all I got left. <laughs> so that's all he had left. So I found this interesting. Do you eat meat products regularly? T-Bone said 39%. Dan said 55%. Regularly eating meat products, 69%. Holy wow. moly. Yeah, that was higher than I thought. Uh, sometimes, uh, which... I thought this would be higher than it is. Uh, T-Bone said 25%. Dan said 30%. I think those were very good guesses. Just 19% said sometimes. Of course, we had 69% in the beginning, which is higher than we all expected. Only certain types. Dan, I don't know what planet he's on because, uh, oh, I'm sorry, T-Bone had 24%. Dan had 10%. Dan was very close. Uh, Only certain types is 8%. What planet are you on? <laughs> no, I don't. T Bone was it's way a off. Good question. <laughs> and then finally, this is the one that'll stump you. Even though, if you've been doing the math, you know what the answer is. No meat products. Uh, T Bone had twelve percent. Dan once again close at five percent. Only four percent. Yeah, I w- I would have thought that was higher. I mean that, that's a that's a big commitment though. I mean it'd be hard 
Oh, I, to do that. I, I, you know, I try I don't to see how you could actually get away with I it. I try to eat, eat healthier here and there, but, well, of course. but I couldn't stop. But 4%, I just thought it was way higher than normal. <laughs> okay, so what we need to do now, because we are running out of time, thanks to Dave, is we need to do our Dr. Dan, our Fix It Man question of the week, sponsored by our barbecue sauce of the month, which is Joe's Kansas City Original Barbecue Sauce, a perfect sauce for all your barbecue needs, not wants, but needs purchased at the Kansas City Barbecue Store. T-Bone, who do you got and what do we got? I've got a question from Blake Goddard from Overland Park, Kansas. Nice. My part of town. Don't know the guy. What is the best cut of beef to begin to learn to cook barbecue with? Oh, good question. Okay, so if you're going to do true barbecue, I would say just throw yourself to the wolf, go to the store, spend the 75, 80 bucks and get a brisket. Just Mm. do it. That's the only way you're going to learn. Take the training wheels off and (laughs) haul ass down that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Time out. Now, should a beginner be starting with beef? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There is enough information out there, and you can come by the store and talk to me about it. I'll point you in the right direction. Or you could do Ask Dr. Dan, either on Facebook or by asking him at Dan <laughs> at bbqradionation.com. Okay, let's say, real quick, 12-pound 12, 12 brisket. Uh, how how long should he smoke it, and at what temperature? So if I'm if I'm doing a twelve pound brisket, I'm going to start it out at about two hundred thirty five degrees, and it's going to take about six and a half hours. All right, cool, Blake. We're going to send you a bottle of Joe's Kansas City Original Barbecue Sauce, a perfect sauce for all your needs, not your wants, but your needs, and you can purchase that at the Kansas City Barbecue which is the Kansas City BBQ Coming up next segment, we have got Andy Groneman. Am I going to get that last name right? No, you nailed it. Ah, I nailed it this time. Uh, you can find him on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ and also on Instagram at SOWBBQ. He is coming up next. And of course, we'll be talking about barbecue right here on Barbecue Radio Nation. Thrill is gone. The thrill is gone away. Barbecue Radio Nation with Dave Caius and Dan Hathaway will be right back. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information Report the call at oig.ssa.gov.
And welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. I'm Dave Kais, along with Dan Hathaway, with a special guest today. His name's Andy Groneman. You can find him on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ. Also on Instagram at SOWBBQ. The SOW, by the way, means smoke on wheels, for those of you who are not paying attention. And, uh, of course, Dan, you know Andy. Yeah, I've known Andy for a long time. We've, uh, you know... Like everybody that we've had on, we've competed against each other a lot, and uh, we've had a lot of good times together and cooked a lot of good food together. So it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to have him on the show right now. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you Great doing? To be on. Hey, Great. before Thanks we get for having me, guys. you're welcome. Thank you for being on. Before we get started, a quick little name drop. I am friends with Kelly Yurick, who uh, I, I, I asked Kelly, I said, um, he's on a radio DJ in Kansas City. And I said, can I can I mention your name on the radio? And Kelly went, yes. Kelly Urich, mornings, 5 to 10, 94.9, KCMO-FM. But uh, the funny part of the story is, is that Kelly and I were talking all weekend about barbecuing. And out of the blue, he said, you should interview Andy Groneman. He's got the best sauce and the best barbecues. And he does competition and blah, blah, blah. And so uh, I assume you know Kelly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Kelly really well. <laughs> Kelly's wife is Canadian, and he was up in Canada, and he told people he was from Kansas City, and he'd barbecue, and nobody really cared. And then he dropped your name, and all of a sudden, everybody started giving him a hard time because they all knew you, Andy. Yeah, so, and Dan can attest to this because, like he says, you know, at the beginning of the call, we compete against each other, but we have a lot of fun together. And so, over the years, and we've been doing this for, gosh, over 20 now, we've made friends from all over. So including BC in the area <laughs> where uh, his wife is from. So yeah. we've been up there and taught cooking classes at a great venue called Well Seasoned in Langley, BC. We've done contests up there. And and so we've gotten to know a lot of the, the teams from up in that Pacific Northwest area. So, yeah, he told me he was – rolling around at this competition. He's like, I can't believe there's a barbecue competition in BC. <laughs> so he's up there running around and, you know, saying, Oh, I'm from Kansas city, blah, blah, blah. And he happened to mention us. And one of the teams that he was talking to was like, you know, Andy, Oh my gosh. So yeah, he was like, dude, this is horrible. I'm up here and I have to name drop you to, to get this. <laughs> so, so, so Andy, when you're teaching your classes, and I know your classes are fantastic. Uh, Kelly was telling me about this. What's probably one of the first things you would tell a class to help them to become a better backyard barbecuer? So probably the, the biggest thing that, that I tell people is, is not to overthink it, not to add too many steps to your process. Um, so many people want to, well, do I need to inject this or probe this or do that? You can do all of those things and that's great. But the best thing to do is just learn how to manage your fire, whether it's, you know, pellet, charcoal, wood, get that down, pick a meat that's going to be easy to manage first and then kind of start with the basics. And then once you got that down, progress out of that, but keep it simple. Kiss method works for everything, and barbecue is definitely uh, one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Andy, that's one of the things that I've learned, you know, the, the past, what, 14, 15 years of cooking barbecue is that the, the, the more simple you make your process, the better the, the end result. And, and really, it just starts with just changing one little thing at a time. You know, so many people get into the rhythm of, of just, just blowing everything up and changing everything all at one time. And you just can't do that and, and remain consistent in anything, really, especially barbecue and golf. 
<laughs> well, well, there's nothing consistent about my golf game. So well, that's why we cook barbecue, my friend. <laughs> have something to look forward that's to exactly after a bad right. round of golf. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and that's really it's it is about you know if, if you try and change too many things at once. So maybe you got something a little too crispy or something was a little too salty or something was this or that. If you try and tweak everything, you don't know what you missed or hit on. Mm. Uh, you might've done something brilliant and it was just covered up by something else. So yeah, incremental change is the deal. You got to keep it, keep it simple. Don't change too many things at one time and, and uh, just work on kind of a skill as opposed to 12 at a time. And it, It'll always pay dividends. So, Andy, when you're looking to make a small change, what's maybe the the most common thing you should change? Would it be maybe temperature, cooking time? What what, what do you kind of think? Yeah, so I would say um, probably the easiest thing to start playing with without getting into flavor profiles and all of that stuff is your cooking time. And you do that by changing your temperature, right? So I always tell people to start with more of a low and slow mentality. And the reason for that with barbecue is you have a longer window of time when it's going to be done and done right. Mm. Uh, at that lower cooking temperature, it's going to hit this point where the, the food's going to be right. And at that lower temperature, it's going to be there longer. So you have time to find it, right? You've got time to go, Oh, this is the right spot. I want to go ahead and pull this thing off and eat it. The hotter you cook, the smaller that window gets. And, and Dan will tell you, I mean, we, we know guys that can do some pretty amazing stuff at 350 degrees in a trash can and <laughs> cook a brisket in three and a half or four hours. But if you start out learning how to cook one in 12 or 10 so that you know what a done brisket is supposed to be like, then all of a sudden you can start shrinking that timeline and understanding how that impacts your meat and you can just increase that temperature a little bit over time and find a spot that works for what you want to do. And then depending on what's in your rub or what's in your sauce or how you are treating that meat, temperature will come into play there. And maybe if you use a lot of sugar in your rub, you don't want to cook at a really hot temperature. Uh, but if you, if you're doing like a salt and pepper brisket, you can go a little hotter. So you can start to play with that temp and just change the temperature a little bit. And the rest of those things will come into focus. Right. Just that one change. Yeah, that's that that that's a great advice, actually. I, that, that's a great way to put it. So, Andy, I know that you're you've been teaching a ton of classes and, and, and traditionally, what have you what are you teaching your students as far as uh, as, as a cooking method? Are you are you kind of adopting that more uh, hotter and faster or are you still sticking to the traditional low and slow? So we do a little bit of both. We have uh, we've been teaching classes now for oh about. 15 years total and we do every kind of grilling and smoking you could think of but what i like to do is i like to actually take a category and then do that piece of meat like three different ways so they get to see hey here's here's a brisket that's separated and we're going to cook burn ends and flat and do it this way here's one that we're going to cook whole and go traditional on and then maybe there's one that we're going to completely throw a shoe and do carne asada style and 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 shave it and grill it um and so we'll give them kind of three different takes on a meat is really fun i like to do that a lot of times uh, pork butt is a great example of that we'll do like a traditional 
slow and slow, but we'll do a little bit of a hotter cook. And then we do like carnitas. Well, you know, and, and Andy, I got to ask you, because Dan, our barbecue expert, you know, he, he believes in the low and slow, but his timer is how many beers he drinks. Now, <laughs> is that the same timer that you use, Andy? Yes. Well, my, my, timer, my timer involves uh, brown liquor. So if you, if you, it depends on if you start with a handle or a 750. Yeah. And then you can kind of work your way back from there. Andy, Andy's timer goes a lot faster than mine. Hey, hey, Andy, I really enjoyed talking to you. We're running out of time in this segment, but I, if you're okay, I'd like to hold you over for another segment. You got a few more minutes to talk to us? Absolutely. Fantastic. You can find Andy Gronerman on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition Barbecue and Instagram on SOWBBQ. We will be right back on Barbecue Radio Nation. Be sure to check out the fantastic selection of barbecue grills, smokers, and so much more at the Kansas City BBQ Store.com. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One, okay, cool guy. Two, three times. Next, oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down, up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. And welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. I am Dave Kais, along with engineer Kyle and producer T-Bone, along with our co-host and our resident barbecue guru, Dan Hathaway. And we're talking to Annie Gronerman. He is on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ. Did I get that right, Andy? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Then, of course, you can follow them on Instagram at S-O-W-B-B-Q, which stands for Smoke on Wheels Barbecue. So check him out there. And uh, you sell sauces and and teach classes and stuff that they can contact you about, right, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. We've got classes and our barbecue products, which are also available at the Kansas City Barbecue Store. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to charge somebody for that plug. I just don't know who. (laughs) Dan, Dan, Dan was bringing up a good topic. Go for it, Dan. So I wanted to talk a little bit about equipment, like like actual smokers and, and what it is that I mean, what are you teaching anymore? What what kind of cookers are you teaching your classes on? Are you are you are you gearing more towards the the traditional you know 
offset smokers or are you doing something a little more like the uh, the pellet cookers that have become super popular with the backyard guys? I'm just I'm just really curious on what what you're doing. Yeah, so we do the majority of the classes on pellet. And of course, you know, I've got a, a trailer with a pair of Yoders on it that I drag around. But we actually get a lot of call for classes on offsets and drums. And so we've been doing uh, some drum classes and even some offsets as well. So if, if somebody's got a, a pit that they want to learn on, we're typically open to using their pit and teaching them how to cook on it. But you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head, backyarders. Pellets are the go right now because it's so consistent with your temperatures. You don't have to nurse it so you can take the kids to the game, you know, run your errands, work on the projects uh, and do all the things you got to do and still turn out good products. So pellets have become really popular. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when people come into the store and they ask me, you know, I really want a new smoker and I've been doing my research and everything else. The first thing I always ask them is, you know, how much do you enjoy the process of cooking? I mean, and th- and that's really key because if you enjoy the process, yeah, a stick burner is great for you. If you want something that you can just flip on after work and have it hot in 15 minutes and throw something on it, man, you can't beat a, a good pellet cooker. And And I see that, you know, for me doing what I do, I see that the, the pellet cookers are kind of replacing the gas grills in a lot of homes around our area because people have, are starting to learn that you can actually grill on them as well as, you know, have it as a dedicated smoker. It's They're kind of, they're, it's a great product, really. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing the same thing that a lot of people when their gas grill dies, you know, the, the old, old Weber Genesis finally has its last, uh, last puff. They, I get that question all the time about if I want one pit that can do everything, what, what should I put in the backyard? I want to grill, but I want to try that pork butt that I've never tried. And I can't do that on my gas grill. So what can I, what should I buy? Cause I I've got room for one thing. And so, yeah, the pellets are super versatile and really give them a good, good opportunity to kind of expand their cooking. Well, what it, what it really does. And, and you can probably attest to this is that when you have a, a device or, or a piece of equipment that, that, ha- that is such a runs a consistent fire and, and stays consistent with temperature, you really understand how things want to cook. You don't, you, you're not battling fires the whole time because when you get into that roller coaster of putting a log on, it sucks all the energy out of your fire, then it spikes and it goes up and down and up and down. You just don't really you don't get a good idea of how a, how a brisket wants to cook in an, in an eight hour period. And, and that's where people kind of, you know, they, they, they get into trouble with the, with, with battling fires a lot. Yeah. And that's, that is, that is key. Cause if you don't know how to run a wood pit and it's exactly like what you said, if you don't have that hot coal bed going so that you can get that log ignited quickly um, and even preheating your log, right? So that you don't have to worry about necessarily a drop at all in temp. If you don't know how to do that, if you can't manage that wood fire, or if you don't have the time to, right? It's like, oops, I was busy working on replacing whatever under the sink that I was getting yelled at about. (laughs) And I forgot to go put the log on. And now now my my whole fire's gone down. I gotta rebuild the coal bed and do all of that. It takes all of that out of the equation so that, you can actually just pay attention to the protein that's in the pit. Hey, Andy, I've got a rookie question for you because I am not the expert, as you probably have already figured out. Um, what's an offset? 
So an offset is a pit where the fire is not underneath where you're putting the meat. Okay. So uh, there's verticals, there's offsets, there's pellets, which use a diffuser, but an offset is literally just that. So there's a firebox to the side, and usually they're a barrel-style pit. They're, they're long and round, right? So it's kind of that iconic, classic uh, cooker that you see pictured. Um, so it's got a big tube, and there is sometimes it's open and sometimes it's not. It depends on if it's a reverse flow or a standard flow. We can talk about that too. But um, the firebox is off to the side, so the fire is not underneath what you're cooking. So you know, it's you know me. I to the side. I'm I. You know me, Andy. I I love my offset. I I just think it creates the best flavor. And and man, you can't beat having something to do by throwing logs in a big old fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a good it's weekend therapy, right? I mean, absolutely. Like you right. Said, we're 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 gauging how our cooks going by uh, how many are left in the cooler. So <laughs> it, it really is it really is about managing the time and fully enjoying the process and, and using an offset or even some of the charcoal pits um, require some care and feeding. You have to really learn them too. There's some that are super easy to manage like a Weber Smoky Mountain. That thing will take care of itself. Those bullet style cookers or even a drum, it, depending on how you cook in it. You can load that with charcoal and it'll run for hours and hours and hours. Uh, an offset and some of the bigger charcoal pits, it really is a labor of love. Hey, Andy, I hate to cut you off, but you can check out Andy Groneman on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for listening to Barbecue Radio Nation. We'll be right back. One summer day, she went away. She gone and left me. She gone and stay. But now she gone. Check out Barbecue Radio Nation on Facebook. Give us a like. Dave and Dan need the attention. Wakes all the summer and wakes all the fall. I had to take my Christmas. Say, please come on home. Why? Want to put my arms around you. Oh, yeah. Squeeze your tear up, black old grin. That's bad. That's the way I feel about you. That's a pretty good love. Barbecue Radio Nation. I am Dave Kais along with my 
co-host and barbecue expert Dan Hathaway. I want to thank Andy Gronerman from the last segment. You can find him on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ. And if you maybe tuned in halfway through the show and you want to hear it, we always air the shows the Thursday afterwards entirely. But you can hear all of our past shows. Easy to go to like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, along with Podcast Chaser, just to name a few. And uh, we are, of course, under BBQ Radio Nation. That's BBQ Radio Nation. And we're on Facebook, too. And T-Bone is nice enough to put all our shows up there every week, too. Okay, they're laughing at me. I must have screwed <laughs> something up already. I've been screwing up everything today. What did I do wrong now, T-Bone? Nothing. Nothing. It's such a sultry voice. Hypnotic. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we do have um, a couple of openings here at BBQ Radio Nation. So <laughs> just um, just email us or on Facebook and say if you'd like. If you know anything about barbecue at all, we will make you a co-host <laughs> and producer. And well, if I keep talking that way, I'll be out of a job. So um, so we coming up in September. A lot of places that sell grills and smokers have sales because it's technically the end of the summer and they've got. Maybe more inventory than they would like, so they want to want to sell them and put them on sales. So, what we thought we would do the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about grills, and then the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about smokers, and then Labor Day weekend, we're going to just combine it all and not even know what we're talking about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but today, let's talk about grills a little bit. Um, I'm a griller; I love to grill. Dan, what, let's start out. There's different things to talk about. Price, ease of use, size. What, what do you want to cover here? Well, I think the number one thing that we start off with is the fuel. Because, I mean, really, it, there's, a, there's a big divide of people that, that are traditionalists, and they want to they do charcoal. Mm-hmm. And they want to do you know, the Kingsford charcoal yep. grill, you know, the, like a traditional Weber kettle, which is probably the, the best piece of equipment you can get as far as a, a, a real grill goes. But then you have the other people... That and we call them the other people <laughs> <laughs> that that are they're gas grillers and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you know there's always you always get the traditionalists that say oh I don't cook on gas you know but why not it's easy uh, it does the job and uh, it works just as good as anything okay so let me interrupt here already uh, first of all charcoal I grew up my dad cooking steaks at the house. T-Bones was a special weekend, and he, of course, did charcoal, and he would get them going. I don't know why, but the smell of the lighter fluid and it's starting to burn, I love that smell. It is a very familiar smell for a lot of us people that truly love barbecue. Yeah. Not st- to mention the taste when they really pour well, it Well, <laughs> I mean, the the trick is, though, you got to let it burn off or you will get right. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get we get a lot of people that, you know, they swear they don't ever use lighter fluid, but, you know, it's... Kind of like riding a moped. It's all fun till your friends see you doing it. You know? <laughs> you know, I drive a moped anyway. Uh, but okay, but but back then when my dad was grilling for the family, they didn't have those starters like they have now. Oh, you mean like the chimney starters? Yes. Oh, yeah. Talk about that for a second. Well, I mean, they probably did, but, you know, back in the day, they no. were probably out of coffee cans or something, you Maybe. know, whatever they could find. Now, how do you use one of those? Because I've never used oh, one. Oh, it's simple. So, I mean, basically, uh, it, it's an open cylinder with a, a, a grate in the bottom of it that holds the charcoal, and it, it, it it's a chimney. I mean, it, you put a you put a lighter cube underneath it or some news, you know, a lot of people use newspaper. Uh, it just it just creates a... a, a a vessel that starts a fire really fast. Now, how long do you keep it in there before you put it into the actual grill? Well, it depends on what kind of grill. You know, I, I tr- 
I just get them as hot as I can possibly get it. I, you, you basically let the charcoal peak until it's ready to go on its downhill slide okay. of being being out to where it's at its hottest point, and then I just dump it right on the fire. Because the thing of it is, growing up, my dad doing the doing the charcoal, it was always a matter of patience, waiting for you know the, the charcoal to be ready so that he could put the steaks on without it being too hot or in fire. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, in having the chimney, you really control the amount of fire that goes into the cooker initially. So you're, you don't, you're not starting with, you know, you're not starting the fire in the cooker to where it can just grow and, and become an enormous fire. You're just starting with a little bit at a time. And okay. if you need to add more, you just add more. And to add on to what T-Bone just talked about, my dad used to always soak the wood chips in water mm-hmm. and so they wouldn't catch on fire. Right, yeah. And then he would throw them all over it and would kind of give that wood smell to it, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you just burned wood, you wouldn't have to do that. But Well, uh, no, but it becomes more, it's it's more unpredictable to, to just burn straight wood because you don't know what the moisture content of your wood is. Okay. And so that's that's where you, you benefit from using the lump charcoal or even briquettes because it's a very controlled moisture content and heck, lump charcoal is just basically carbonized wood. So it's dry as it can be. That's now, why it lights so fast. Now, we also talked about, um, in spe- staying with the fuel topic real quick here, is we, we've talked about, like like in your case, you work a lot of hours, and so you might want to come home and use gas during the week, but mm-hmm. then use wood or whatever on the weekends when you got more time. Absolutely. So like last night, I was telling you guys I did chicken wings and hamburgers out on the grill. Well, I did the protein on a charcoal grill, but then I did all my veggies because we eat a lot of zucchini and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of, we just eat a lot of vegetables. Okay. And um, I do all my vegetables on a gas grill because it's a it's a cleaner fuel source and you don't and vegetables will absorb a lot of smoke flavor. And the kind of charcoal that I use, which is a it's a it's a lump charcoal that's an oak and hickory blend, it puts off a lot of smoke like you're putting logs in it. Okay. So of course I'm and I'm I love talking about the fuels. Let's talk about a, a grill real quick here. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say you're like you're you're me. You're not going to have uh, for four people. Uh-huh. You know, it's not going to be a big one. What, what's right. a smaller grill you might want to so talk I, about? Like like I said before, you can't beat a 22 inch Weber kettle. It is absolutely the best cooker that you can get for under. I mean, you can get a, a really nice kettle for under 170 bucks. Oh, I, wow. I think they retail around 165 bucks in one for the top of the line 22 inch Weber kettle and. You know, growing up, that's what I learned how to cook on. That's what I've watched a lot of people cook on. And and matter of fact, every once in a while, I'll fire up a Weber kettle and I'll I'll do traditional barbecue on it, not just grilling. And so they're very versatile. They're inexpensive. They are easy to use and they do everything that you need it to do. Make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's another grill you might throw out there? And we're kind of running out of time here. Well, you know, just to be quick, there, you know, there, there's a lot of those kettle style grills, and you can get into ceramics like the Big Green Egg. Big okay. Green Eggs. That, gr- that's is, what I was going to ask you. I about mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to real charcoal grilling, a Big Green Egg is probably the most versatile charcoal grill there is out there because you can button it way down and cook low and slow. You can get it super hot. I've cooked pizzas on a on a big green egg at 700 degrees. Nice. And uh, so long as you have fresh charcoal in it and you have a good clean burning fire, you can achieve a very high temperature and sear and do two, three minute pizzas and all that good stuff. So big green egg. Very good. Thank you, Dan. We're going to wrap up the show real quick right here after a break on Barbecue Radio Nation.
Barbecue Radio Nation is heard on radio stations from California to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionation.com. Quezon, you listen to Barbecue Radio Nation. I'm going to tell you what, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. The things that I used to do, Lord, I won't do no more. The things that I used to do, Lord, I won't do no more. Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Nation. I'm Dave Kais, along with Dan Hathaway. Thanks again to Andy Gronerman. You can find him on Facebook at Smoke on Wheels Competition BBQ. He's also on Instagram at SOWBBQ. That stands for Smoke on Wheels Barbecue. Again, Andy Gronerman, great guest. Um, Dan, we were talking a little bit about purchasing grills, but we kind of got talking about fuels today. We'll talk about grills next week more. But, you know, I, I loved what we talked about, like charcoal and different things there. There's so many different directions you can go, whether it's charcoal, gas, pellet, all wood, you know, that mm-hmm. you can just pretty much do anything. And, and we'll, we're going to have a good time talking about those in the next show. Big grills too. We got to talk about big, big grills for those big of grills. you with big families and lots of guests. Yes. Like Dan. Um, <laughs> also, of course, we had our Ask Dr. Dan segment. We're going to send him a uh, barbecue sauce, our barbecue sauce of the month, which is Joe's Kansas City Original Barbecue Sauce, a perfect sauce for all your barbecue needs. And you can purchase that at the Kansas City BBQ Store.com with the world's biggest and best inventory of barbecue sauces, seasoning, smoker, and supplies. Serious barbecue fun. Also, to get the question in, you can either to do it on our Facebook page, which is BBQ Radio Nation. We got several questions over our sauce on that. Or you can write Dan directly at Dr. Dan at BBQRadioNation.com. Who do we have lined up for next week, Dan? So we have the one and only Matt Frampton, who is putting Nebraska pizza on the map. Nebraska pizza. I Nebraska never knew there was a Nebraska pizza. Oh, man. So he has just come out with a new product, a new product line that is pizza pre-made pizza dough that you just add water you can do it on the grill you can do it in the oven and this guy knows pizza this guy knows pizza okay question (laughs) your favorite what's your favorite kind of pizza you're gonna hate me for this but i love an all vegetable pizza (laughs) oh my god He's in the four percent, ladies and gentlemen. I am in the four percent. He's in the four percent. If you listen to the first segment, you will understand that joke. Okay, he is a four percenter. We were from now on. We're going to refer to Dan. He's going to be a four percenter. Me, beef and mushroom. That's a good. I, I do I love beef and mushroom. Sausage and red onion. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. Yeah. Vegetable. We're going to kick him off the show. <laughs> It's a one time. Don't forget, (laughs) tune in next week. We're going to be talking about grills, grills, and more grills. And be sure to like us on Facebook at BBQ Radio Nation. You can hear our past shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast Chaser, just to name a few. For Engineer Kyle, Producer T-Bone, Dan Hathaway, my partner in crime, I am Dave Kias. Thank you for listening to Barbecue Radio Nation. (laughs) 